What's up, everybody? We hope that you are feeling alive like Ms. Beats. I'm Josiah Keneally. And I'm Micah Keneally. And we are here in the studio today where we want to welcome you to Young Adults Dot Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. So Jimmy Leisure is joining us today. He's our special guest, so we're so thankful and glad that you're here today, Jimmy. And if you don't know Jimmy, he's actually on staff um, at Hillside Church where you're overseeing young adult ministry. You have multiple hats, right? So you're on yeah. church staff as well. And for those of you who don't know, um, he is actually one of the people who has been with us since day one, from the podcast to praying for people like you, um, for leaders and all those people across the uh, the state of Minnesota, and hopefully beyond someday. So, Jimmy, we're so glad that you're here. It's an honor and privilege to have you on set today. And we just gonna get to hear from you and hear from your ministry, what God's doing, some passion points of yours. And I don't know if I said this or not, but he's in a rural setting. Yeah. So he's not downtown in a city, but he's making a difference in the neighborhoods around him. In so, Mankato, Minnesota. Mankato, yes. Not Mankato, Mankato, yes. I'm happy to be here, guys. This is, this is such a great pleasure. Anytime I can sit in a room with you two, it's always fun. And and when you say rural, just to be clear, this is not like a farm, you know, field that I'm like cows all around, nothing like that. Not that crazy rural, but but yeah, we're kind of out there. We're, we're a distance away from Minneapolis, so yeah. Well, and we've focused other podcasts on multi-site young adult ministry. We've done mm -hmm. some where it's, a youth pastor also overseeing a next-gen ministry which includes college and young adults and we've done some that are campus ministry focused and what we are seeing is young adult ministry works in a size of any church any church size and in any setting whether it's suburban urban rural multi-site single site it's it's it works in a number of contexts and we're excited to talk with you about a few things one will be small groups We'll talk about some discipleship and the power of community as well as the power of the Holy Spirit within young adult ministry. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for it. Awesome. So, Jimmy, can you, for we'll kick off right away, so can you tell us about Hillside Church and young adults, anything from your events to passions of how you really approach young adult ministry, not on the fields, but in the rural area of Minnesota? <laughs> yes, where there's actually people around and not just uh, farm animals. Yeah. Uh, really, we do, we do a lot of our ministry through, um, through small groups, and I think that's such an easy way for churches to kind of get into young adult ministry that, that haven't been in it before. And so uh, we focus on that. And for us, really, um, we focus on community. Uh, we know the value of um, someone coming to a new area. I mean, we got MSU campus right in our town. And uh, we see a lot of college kids who come in, and they come in by themselves, not knowing yeah. anybody. And for the first time in their life, they haven't been around family or friends that they grew up in right. high school. And so it's completely new for a lot of people, and everyone's looking but there's a lot of people who are just socially awkward too. So it's like, how do I really break through to those friend groups? And so we love small groups because it brings in that community for those people who are really looking for it. Yep. And so, yeah, we do it through um, small groups. We do quarterly events. And so really it turns out to about be two or three events a year that are mm -hmm. bigger. And um, we love these events because these are really our momentum builders. We put them in places on the calendar 
where um, there's going to be a lot of people around. So we do so it in September. Yes. We always try to do it when there's going to be lots of students around, never over breaks or anything like that. <laughs> and uh, we'll do one in September. We'll do one in the spring, usually at the start of the year. And then we'll try to wrap up the year, the school year, by doing one in May uh, or even late April, just to kind of kick things off on a good note before the summertime. Um, and then that bleeds into a lot of little smaller kind of discipleship ways, which we do. Uh, one of the things that I love doing is one-on-one -on -one meetings with people. And for me, that is just, I'm a pastor at heart, right? Yeah. I just, mm -hmm. as much as my role can be admin too with our church, um, there's a lot of times where I just say, I just want to get coffee with people and talk. Like, let's just, let's get down into like, what are some issues that you're actually struggling with? I want to see you conquer those. Okay. If I can give you some wisdom and guidance, I want to. And so I love meeting with my leaders one-on-one, -on -one, but even just people in our youth ministry or even just ministry in general at our church who want to meet one-on-one. -on -one. If there's someone who's serious about wanting God to do something real in their life, I'm, I will open my mm -hmm. calendar as much as I can for that. Beautiful. And so I love one-on-one -on -one meetings. And so, yeah, we partner kind of like with one-on-ones. We have quarterly events, and then we have our small groups. And then um, right now, as we're in the middle of summer, we do things called pop-up events. And I love pop-up events within, uh, within uh, young adult ministry because – uh, most of our people do not RSVP to events. I don't know. <laughs> Struggle is guys, real. Yeah, I don't know. For you guys, it might be a little yeah, different. Uh, you guys, are, everyone loves you guys. So, yeah, for us, they just they don't prioritize it enough. So, uh, most of our people will let us know that they're coming either the week of or maybe, maybe the week before that. And so, I love pop-up events because it's just kind of random where we go, oh, you know what? July 4th is coming up. We should do a grill out. Right. And so, let's throw one on the calendar two weeks from now and start telling people. And that's usually about the time they RSVP anyways, so it works out. So some of our, they're a little bit smaller, less yeah. structured to them, but more community driven. And so we love kind of a mix of all of those things kind of encompass all of our young adult ministry, so. That is so relevant. I hope that people watching or listening just catch your heart, the heart of a pastor, Jimmy. We love that, we champion that. And then we celebrate too, just your model is all mm -hmm. about small groups. It's all about one-on-one -on -one discipleship. That's yeah. where. Jesus focused his ministry was one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. discipleship and in small mm -hmm. groups. And also, we should have fun. Young adult ministry should be the most fun ministry on planet Earth. Mm -hmm. We're working with college students, 20-somethings, and I love the pop-up, the sponta spontaneity yeah. of young adults, as well as just quarterly events, things that people can rally around and kind of on-ramp mm -hmm. into that ministry. Yeah. So yeah. you've done a great job. Can you walk us through even the narrative or, or the story of Hillside Young Adults in Mankato. When did you start? Yeah. What did that look like? And how has it evolved over time? Yeah. So when I came to Mankato, which was about four years ago, I would have been around 25, 26 years old. And naturally, I surround myself with people who are in the same stage as life. I mean, we don't have kids yet, so I would surround myself with those people. I was out of college, and so I was in that young adult kind of post-college age range. And so I was, I was just naturally putting myself in small groups that had those people in them. And so I was just going, man, there's so many people like this. And I was just seeing the post-college. And there was so many young adults that were in college that were meeting. They were coming to our third service um, every Sunday. And we were going, man, they're coming. People are here in young yeah. adult ministry. Let's do something with them. I feel like there needs to be a cohesiveness with everybody. And so we really, are, I think God really kind of put it on my pastor's heart to really drive home young adults because it really stemmed from him, which made it easier, right? When you're asking Absolutely. for resources, you're asking <laughs> for, uh, you know, scheduling and calendars. I mean, all of that 
it's just so much easier when you got your pastor approval. So started from him saying, hey, let's do something and then allowed us to dream and really follow through with the vision. And so um, we started a uh, with, with an event. We wanted to start with a momentum builder. Mm-hmm. And we honestly, we knew we had a bunch of young adults. And so launching with small groups for us, we go, man, we'd have a lot of small groups. Mm-hmm. And so for us, we want to do a momentum builder where we just say, this is the start of yeah. something new here yeah. at Hillside. And so we did a big event and we had a bunch of people come and we just rallied everybody and people got excited. Mm-hmm. They go, finally, there's something here for me. I don't, so good. because a lot of our young adults come in and they go, man, that women's ministry, they just do, you know, they bring it, for us, they call it mugs and muffins. It just sounds <laughs> old to a lot of our young people. They go, that's not for me. I'm just the name alone. And so uh, we probably should change the name, but that I think for a lot of people, they go, I'm not old enough to be in that ministry yet. And I don't really connect because that's not the stage of life I'm in. And so to really focus our vision as a church on this young people, on these young people that are 18 to 30 years old was so needed. And when we launched our first event, it uh, it was a confirmation of what God was doing. It's so good. And I'll just add, I I see this narrative all across Minnesota. Micah and I have a similar experience with our ministry to young adults and but it's like as soon as you have a button on the website that says young adults, as soon as you launch an event that says young adults were expecting you, kind of that whole field of dreams, if you build it, they will come. It's beautiful to see young adults come out of the woodwork and it just kind of ex nihilo, there was nothing, now there's something, let's take mm-hmm. this to the next level. So way to go pioneering that. Yeah, that's incredible. And you said that your your lead pastor saw this need as well, just as much as you had done. And we know that 18 to 30 year olds, you felt that that pressure. Like, I, there's a need for me to get connected, mm-hmm. and if I can be a part of this equation to pioneer something new, let's do it. Like, le- how do I do that? How do I step on board? Mm-hmm. And we know that with anything that you're starting, you need leaders around you or some form of leadership structure. So what was the approach that you initially took after you got the blessing from your pastor to, to see the need but then try to meet that need? How did you set up your leadership team initially? What were your steps and process um, that yeah. you had experienced? For any of my teams, this is just my personal leadership model, so good. Um, and so this might not apply to everybody. But for me, I'm a very, I'm very much a triumvirate leadership uh, kind of guy. So I like to surround myself uh, with two other people. So I see God the Father, God the Spirit, God the Son, and I mm-hmm. go, man, that just worked really well. And so <laughs> in my own way, I'm going to surround myself, me, and then two other people. Yeah. And uh, as a, as an associate. I often get ministries where they go, hey, this hasn't started yet. We want you to start it. And so like when I was doing small groups, that's exactly what they had us do for our entire church. And so I surrounded myself with two core leaders, and I said, let's start dreaming about this, and how can we make this happen? And so when Young Adults was asked of me, it was the same thing. I found two people who were super passionate about young adults and who were naturally um, attractive to young adults. And so I was just looking at our church on Sunday going, who is staying late and hanging out with these people? And so I'd find just certain people and I'd go, okay, this person specifically, it's like they're just, they're like magnets to young adults. Yep. And so then once I got to know them a little bit better, I would then look into their character a little bit more, make sure that they are actually the type of leader we want for our young adult ministry. And then that they were doers. I think Andy Stanley's the one who said it, that there's thinkers and there's doers. Yep. And you can, you can always train people to think differently. He said, but you can never train people. It's harder to train people to do yeah. and so that are yeah. thinkers. And so for me, I'm looking, as we start a new ministry, I'm looking for 
to other people who are doers and not just thinkers. Right. Because to me, it's like you're doing all this upfront work. You're hanging lights. You're doing things. You're that's not glamorous. And so I'm like, I gotta find doers because if I just get thinkers, we're gonna have a bunch of good ideas, but not any follow through. And so from there, we we reached out to our church after I developed that that team of three. Uh, we reached out to our young adults and we just said, hey. We're starting a ministry. If you want to be on the forefront mm-hmm. with us uh, as we put together some events and stuff, and you want to lean in a little bit, uh, we'd love to have you meet. So we, you know, gave pizza out and we met with some leaders and developed a leadership team that's a little bit broader than that. But I really always come back to my two other main leaders of that ministry to kind of bounce ideas off of. And so, Jimmy, mm-hmm. does that put wind in your sail? You're kind of the point person at this season yep. of young adult ministry launching something new, but you've got two other doers you've got a team you're not alone yeah did that put wind in your sails what was that like for you to know that you have dependable people you have a team you're launching from scratch but you're not alone what was that like yeah it took a lot of stress out of it honestly because I think for all of us whenever you're putting together an event and you're the main person you go I have a bigger vision than anybody else really understands right now and when you're the only one doing it it all comes back on Mm -hmm. you and you're spending late nights working on it but how encouraging is it when you have two other people at the start of a ministry that are staying up late with you and they say, I'm not gonna go home until you go home. And even if I'm not doing anything right now, I'm just gonna sit with you and let, <laughs> let's, let's just work this out, let's just figure this out. And so when you have someone who's just willing to be there with you along the way, um, that is such an encouraging, because most of us just stop when it gets hard, right? right? And so to have two other people who go, no, no, we're gonna keep pushing this forward and we're gonna run just as hard as you, if not harder sometimes, that is just something that ignites me, so I love it. Come on. That's incredible. I think that's the visual I get for you is kind of just like when Moses needed his arms lifted, wow. you know, to have those wow. two people who are like, no, we're not going home. We're not going to stop until, you know, the, the mission is complete. Yeah. And that's just a visual that I get from just you sharing that story, just yeah. encouraging to those maybe you're listening you feel like, I want to build something, but I don't have my team yet. Where are my two people to hold up my arms in this process? So just to hear Jimmy's story, praying those people in, I think, is severely significant um, to the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and how you can team up with Him in that process. And so, Jimmy, let me ask you this. What would you say to maybe a lead pastor, maybe it's a board member, somebody tuning into this podcast right now who's an associate staff, even a passionate volunteer, and they're looking at starting, launching a young adult ministry in a rural setting. You just gave some great tips, but what would you say to that senior pastor, that senior leader, that passionate volunteer on how to get started? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, to be real, I, one of the things that's commonly said about young adult ministry is they don't tithe, right? They don't bring any money to the church, so why are we really gonna focus on it? And I get it, I mean, I'm being real here, there are pastors who think that way, and um, even when we, when we try not to. Um, but here's the deal, is a church that doesn't have a young adult ministry is a church that has a death clock started. Wow. And uh, I recently heard someone say that, basically. Uh, there was a, they, were, they were a multi-site church, and um, their model, when they were trying to figure it out, they. They said, let's take all the young adults out of this church and let's put them in this new church we're starting because mm-hmm. that's exciting because everybody loves young adults. And he goes, it just doesn't work like that. You need every generation. So and, and I think that that's so important for churches today is if you don't have anything for young adults, they're going to find somewhere else where they do have something. And so mm-hmm. uh, for churches, board members, leaders, I think they might not bring what you think but they will bring something different. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know a senior pastor out there who says, we don't want more young adults. So, yeah. Wow. 
Right. I have another question for you that's similar. We talked about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We're going to lean into the Holy Spirit for a second. But as a young adult yourself, a few years ago, how did you walk through the process of discovering your calling? Mm -hmm. And how, as ministry leaders, as spiritual leaders to the next generation of college students, 20-somethings, young adults, how can we equip and empower a generation of young people to discover their calling? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, okay, so when I was growing up, I, I, I was actually planning on going to the UNL uh, in Nebraska-Lincoln to be a landscape architect. I just loved landscaping at the time. It was weird. God, <laughs> God put a calling on my life to go into ministry, and uh, I decided to go to North Central for a year, and I went as a worship pastor. And after about three months into it, I realized that that really wasn't my calling, but God used it as a way yeah. to kind of get me to the right spot he wanted me to get to. And so I switched my major from worship to young adults. And then I went to some other places and other schools and I realized, man, I, not even just not even just youth, I really want to focus on pastoring in general. Mm -hmm. And so um, I would say if you're a person out there and you're kind of questioning, is this my calling? Is this what I'm supposed to do? Um, don't let it become your identity because I think that's when it gets dangerous is when people go, I'm a pastor. God has called me to be a pastor. And those people, if they get asked to leave their church or they, for whatever reason, are no longer in that position, they often lose their identity with mm -hmm. God. And so I would say first and foremost, your calling is just to be a disciple of Christ and to seek and save the lost. And so focus on that and let all the technical of I am a young adults pastor, I am a senior pastor, I am a worship pastor, let that flex a little bit because I've seen it in my own life that it changes through seasons. And if I would have just stuck with worship pastoring, I definitely wouldn't be where I am and <laughs> using the same capacity. I'd probably be at my, you know, living in my mom's basement still or something. No, worship this, songs, this interview but... would be in song. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly, exactly, exactly. So I would just say be flexible a little bit. But again, there is the, the pros and the cons to it because um, there's oftentimes I see that true submission to God's calling in your life happens when things are not easy. When God calls us, and things are great at the beginning, right? It's exciting to have fresh vision and to have a path and a plan for your life. But then all of a sudden, when you hit your first like obstacle, you go, mm -hmm. eh, I should do something different. That's, that's different, okay? Because God is teaching you submission to a calling. When things get hard, there are times when God calls you to submit to Him and love Him, and that you don't learn when things are easy. So there's, you gotta discern that when it's hard mm -hmm. and God wants you to stay, and when God is completely removing you and doing something brand new in you. So that really comes down to you surrounding yourself with mentors and people who can help you discern that voice. Yeah. Yeah, so what can we do as pastors or ministry leaders to help empower and equip young adults, you know, far beyond our years, deeming to hoist them up on our shoulders to do more, to see more, to be in tune with the Spirit even more than we ever could? How, how have you um, discovered that approach in helping young adults discover their calling in that process. Yeah, I think we're in a culture of deconstructionalism. Mm. That's a big word, a lot of syllables, but I recently heard it from a professor of mine, and he basically said it, he said it this way. He said, we're in, a, we're in a world where you can take one sentence out of this interview, and you can isolate it so much and deconstruct our interview so much that you can take one sentence out and it means something completely different right. than what you intended it to. Yeah. And he says, uh, he says it in this way, he goes, uh, think of the word C-O-M-B-I-N-E. And what is that word? And, and, and he, we were all saying combine, you know, and he goes, okay, what's the meaning of it? And he goes, but to somebody else, C-O-M-B-I-N-E, in a rural setting, 
means a tractor, right? Oh, Out in the field. Yeah. And so <laughs> yeah. there is different ways that you can take something that's been deconstructed and shift it to mean something you don't want it to mean. Diving back in, want to lean into the Holy Spirit for a second. And so often in our ministries to young adults, um, we neglect to teach and preach on the Holy Spirit. But you've really emphasized that in your personal life, in yeah. your ministry. Can you tell us about this and what you've learned? Yeah, I think I think in, in today's culture, I think there's, a, I guess, a divide, right, with the church and, and how people see it because I think people go, well, that's just kind of an exciting thing that, you know, encouraging message, I get it, but it really doesn't change my life. Mm-hmm. What's different about you than me going to a Barnes & Noble and reading a self-help book? You know, like, it's hard to decipher that. And, and a lot of times we go, well, we offer all these amenities, right? So come to my church. You know, we've got, uh, we make the donuts, and I don't know what you guys do, but <laughs> whatever you do to draw people, um, I think a lot of times people are looking for community, and they're looking for something deeper than that even and I think that's the Holy Spirit inside of us and there are things that we've witnessed in our young adult ministry that only the Holy Spirit could do that we could never do on our own and uh, one of my favorite moments was for our first event and so it's not necessarily that I preach on Holy Spirit all the time or talk about the Holy Spirit all the time Uh, I just surround myself with people who are Holy Spirit led and driven in their own life and that just bleeds into our young adult ministry and so for the first event we did we brought in a speaker who wasn't known for Holy Spirit stuff at all, like not none of that. But at the end of his message, he goes, hey, when I was prepping this, I just really felt like there was a David in the room who um, God is going to take your leadership and he's going to show you exactly what you need for the, the accomplishments that you need to accomplish in this next season. And he just simply said that one little mm-hmm. thing at the end, and it wasn't really like targeted necessarily to anybody, but then there was a David on the stage right behind him who months before had told his mom, hey, I'm, uh, I'm really worried about my leadership because I'm in ROTC and I am being put in leadership roles and I don't know anything about it and I, I don't know how I'm gonna handle it in leading right. all of these men in my platoon. And that was expressed months before that moment. Wow. So when that moment hit, wow. can you imagine? And his mom was actually in our church at the time and heard that prophetic word over him. And so it was just yeah. such a powerful moment for him and for the, the mom. And so I look at that and I go, there are things that the Holy Spirit can do in your young adult ministry so that good. you could never do on your own. And so I think that's the power of the Holy Spirit is it's going to be the mm-hmm. differentiator between mm-hmm. us and anybody else in the world where we yeah. go, we move and walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's so good. So aside from that, is there anything specific that you have learned when you team up with the Holy Spirit? In addition to any of those stories, what would you tell an individual who's wanting to have the Holy Spirit encounters in their young adult settings. Yeah, yeah. I think it, I mean, it, as simple as it is, it always just comes back down to, are you making time for God? I mean, you gotta mm-hmm. be consistent in your Bible reading, your prayer and your worship time. And I get it, life is busy. And I'm, I, I get like that too, where it's just, I, I, I think a lot of times though, we are praying to the Holy Spirit and we're asking him to move in our lives for really big things. and. And he's saying, hey, look, I just want the daily things. And I want you to learn my voice in the small things. And then when I tell you what to do as a worship pastor or a youth pastor, you'll know my voice when I speak to you then. And a lot of times we just need to practice in the small things. And I think in our world coming up, there's a lot of cultural issues that we don't have answers for because the questions haven't been answered. How do you deal with transgender? How do you deal with 
um, somebody who's mute and who can't speak the voice of Jesus, uh, can they be saved? There are people who don't believe that. You know, there are people that mm. you physically have to say it. Or what if, what if someone who has mental issues, can they process the way you process Jesus? Can they be saved? There's questions that are coming that I feel like we don't have answers to yet because they haven't mm-hmm. been asked. Yeah. But we could have the one who holds the answers right inside of us. And to allow the Holy Spirit to move in a moment like that when you don't know an answer is so much better than you trying to flubber your way through it on your own. So, yeah. Phenomenal. So much goodness <laughs> packed into this interview. And we're going to take the next five minutes and kind of ask rapid fire. Let's do it. Five yes. questions for you. Okay. And so in a minute or less, can yeah. you tell us your vision for your young adult ministry that God's put you in leadership yeah, yeah. I think my vision for, for our young adult ministry is to develop young people who aren't just competent in the Bible reading and, the, and knowing who God is, but aren't afraid to have conversations with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think that is the part where the church really gets divided from culture and the rest of the world is when we go, I'm not even willing to talk about that idea. And, and unless you believe what I believe, don't come talk to me. I want young adults in my ministry and in their workplaces having conversations with people go saying, mm-hmm. who are saying, well, you don't, how do you view the start of the world? Is it Big Bang? Is it whatever? L- let me hear your point of view. And can I share mine with you? But not being so strong and steadfast that you actually separate yourself from them and no yeah. longer have community with them. Because that's when I think the kingdom mm-hmm. actually loses is when you can no longer have community. So That's so good. Amazing. All right, rapid fire. Let's Why it. is it important for every church to invest in young adults? We were talking about it before, but I think when you take out an entire group out of a church like that, and right. you don't have young adults in your ministry, you started your death clock. And I think they are the future generation of the church. And so if you don't have them and you're not investing them in your church, they're going to find somewhere else to go. And uh, they want to be a part. They want to be a part of the yep. church. And so why not do something small? Start small and get big. Yeah, it's good. Okay, Jimmy, why do you do what you do as a young adult ministry leader? Yeah. I haven't forgot what it's like to be lost. I mm. still, it's so clear to me when I was 18 years old mm. and struggling with my own identity and I didn't grow up with a father majority of my life. And so I'll never forget not having a father, dealing with some of those issues and not being saved, what it's like, yeah. what it's like to still be lost. And so to me, I do what I do because I know there's people out there who don't have dads, who don't have spiritual influences on their life. God changed my life, my family has physical abuse in it, it has financial issues in it, and I don't struggle with those things to the degree that they do, mm-hmm. and I know it's only because of the power of God in my life. That's so good. So what is your favorite story of life change? It can be you, it could be family, it could be a young adult in your ministry. Yeah, I, uh, this, is a, this is a tough one. There's lots of stories, <laughs> but I'll just pick one out kind of recently. There was a girl who had grew up in our youth ministry. She was really committed when she was young. Then she went to college, kind of fell away. She didn't really have a church in her college town that she was attracted to or didn't want to be really a part of. And then she moved back with her family back in Mankato. And she shared this story on a baptism video. We record baptism testimonies before they get baptized. So she was sharing this and she goes, I was driving in my car at home and I was in Mankato driving around and I was just praying, God, bring me one Christian friend. I don't have Mm -hmm. any friends and I want to change my life but I can't do it by myself. God, bring me one Christian friend. Fast forward six months, we had launched our young adult ministry. And she, she talks about that. She goes, she starts bawling and she goes, I realized months later that God had brought to me 
10 times what I asked mm. for. A whole community of people <laughs> who love me, who I can invite out with, have Overwatch movies with. And uh, she was just blessed yeah. by it. So that was just one story that happened recently. So I love it. Praise God. Praise God. Okay, this is one of our favorite questions. Can you tell us one of the most epic failures that you've experienced in young adult ministry are you willing to go there <laughs> yeah just just one right yeah just one okay um okay so we went on a missions trip this was like one of my first years in ministry and i was trying to do like everybody you know you try to do things right you want to be honorable in everything you do and uh, i took a group of, of young people to argentina first mission trip i would never been out of the country uh was only like one time before that and so I planned the whole trip. We were going on an AIM trip, and then uh, I get to the airport. I'm from New Sharon, Iowa, is where I was a youth pastor at. And so driving up to the cities, it's a lot busier than the one red light in New Sharon, <laughs> Iowa. And uh, and so in that moment, I'm I'm up at the airport in Minneapolis. We're about to fly out. About ten of us, ten of us, and um, I just get kind of foggy because there's just there's signs everywhere and you get to the airport it's just like if you're not moving people are honking at you and so I dropped the kids off and I went and parked in parking and then I got on a plane with the kids we went to Argentina came back and this is a small church right about a buck fifty uh, the amount of people and uh, small budget no budget except for you asking the senior pastor and if it's a good day right he'll, he'll give you approval on it and uh, and so what we did was this is uh, I, I got all the kids together, I went and got the van, and when I pulled the van out of the parking lot, the bill, which was supposed to be for long-term parking, was actually short-term parking. <gasps> so what no. was supposed to be like only $70 no. ended up being just a little less than a grand. Oh my and so for, for a youth ministry that doesn't have a budget and- It's called fundraising. Yes, exactly. So I blew my like two years of budget right there. I mean, we didn't have anything, so. Oh. I, it was an awkward conversation with senior pastor when I showed him the receipt of that. But, uh, yeah, that was uh, definitely one of my epic fails, yeah. And it's fun to have epic fails that we can laugh at later, right? Yeah, They're right, all right, right. learning moments, teachable moments, whatever you want to say. So thank you for sharing yours. We're yes. going to end with one last question. And if you could tell a group of college pastors or young adult pastors and leave them with one thing, one word of advice, what would that be? Yeah, I would leave you with love covers a multitude of sins. Mm. I think we deal with a lot of people who are messy and Jesus got in the mess with people. And so I would say, don't be afraid to get messy with people so and, and get close to sin essentially in their life and help them deal with it because it's gonna be messy and you're gonna go, mm -hmm. why did you keep screwing up? But your love for them will honestly bring them through a lot of the hurts and the struggles that they have in their life. And so I would say that love covers a multitude of That's sin. That's so good. Wow. I wish we could keep going. Yeah. But Jimmy, Micah, what a fun conversation today. Thanks so much for joining us. You will be able to find out more about Pastor Jimmy Leisure and Hillside Young Adults when you connect with us on our website, youngadults.today, as well as our social media. You can connect with us across all platforms. It's youngadults.today, at youngadults.today. And until next time, this is Josiah and Micah hosting young adults that today. Plug me in, I'm all wired up right now. Plug me in, I'm getting charged up right now. Yeah.